0: Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners. Hello, people from across the globe. Welcome to another edition of HR from Happy Valley. Uh, And we, this specific team is Howdy Hospitality. So we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves and then give a little rundown of how this podcast is going to work. So I'm Haley. I'm a third year hospitality management student at Penn State University with minors in recreation, park and tourism management and sociology.
1: I'm Lillian, I am a fourth year student at Penn State majoring in hospitality management, and I am originally from Hershey, PA.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Jacob, I am a third year uh, hospitality management uh, major at Penn uh, Penn State, um, and I come from Jamison, Pennsylvania.
3: Okay, and I'm Sarah, I'm also a third year hospitality management major um, but I do have minors in entrepreneurship and innovation and food systems. And I am from Northern New Jersey. Now I forgot to mention where I'm from because I'm a little a little daft, but I'm from
0: Columbia, Maryland. And you may be wondering why are we calling ourselves Howdy Hospitality? And that's because we've all found this connection of either loving country music. I have a rice farm. That's it's a whole dichotomy of southern tradition. And also we just want to be good stalwarts. And hospicious people, because we love to say howdy. Um, so
2: I'm, I'm sorry, you have a rice farm.
0: I do have a rice farm in Arkansas, or my family does. Um, but I hear that Sarah has a little
3: connection to rice. Yes. Yeah, so funny enough, um, when I was in high school, um, I did like I went to a technical school where I studied culinary arts. Um, And I once had to do an entire presentation on Arboreal rice, only Arboreal rice. Just rice. Only oh. Arboreal rice, not okay. even rice. Correction.
0: And then speaking of land, I hear that, Lillian, your family is getting a plot of land in North Carolina, correct? Yes. And what are they wanting to call it?
1: The Cutman community. Okay. Yes. So Interesting. My dad would like to buy about 146 acres of land in North Carolina and build a community for the Cutman family to all have their own land, their own homes. Um, I will get a wedding venue on site, so that's a plus. But that's still in the works. That's so still in the works, there. and I'm
0: sure we'll delve into things as we get further unraveling this theme of Howdy Hospitality. So Lillian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what HR from Happy Valley is?
1: All right. So HR from Happy Valley is a podcast series presented by Penn State's Hospitality Human Resources class. Uh, We discuss different trends and events and HR events around the world and how we can implement what we've learned to our future management careers.
2: Yeah, so a little bit into how this is going to play out, um, we're going to split these segments into two parts. Here's the buzz and hot topics. In here's the buzz, we will speak about um, different uh, from different desks to grasp articles within the HR uh, practices and uh, and dive into a little bit uh, on that segment. On the hot topics, we are going to be inviting uh, Nick, a special de- guest, uh, a student of the hotel school in Maastricht in uh, in the Netherlands. So we'll have him on a little bit later.
3: Okay, Jacob. Um, And you did just mention how we're all going to be reporting from different desks. Um, So just for you listeners, that just means that um, we each have a different, um, more concentrated area that um, we'll be talking about. So like in order for you guys to understand. So for me, Sarah, I'll be um, reporting from the desk of innovation. Haley?
1: I'm going to be talking about here's something cool desk. I'll be coming from the here's something to watch out for desk.
2: And I will be speaking from the here's something to talk about desk.
1: Okay. Awesome.
3: Let's get into it. Okay, now I'm coming back at it from the desk of innovation um, with an article called Forget Zoom Calls Remote Work Startups Want to Build a Virtual Office. Um, And this is from Bloomberg by Matthew Boyle. So, in early 2023, Zoom plans to release something called Zoom Spots. And what this would do is act as a sort of water cooler in order for coworkers to have real quick and casual conversations um, in this kind of virtual environment wherever they choose to be. Um, so working remotely as a business tends to save money, as you do not need to have an office space. Um, however, it does limit that human interaction among coworkers. Um, and Zoom spots would would be working to combat that by creating these spontaneous encounters. Um, and the product manager of Zoom actually says the goal is not just to replicate these spontaneous encounters, but to elevate the employee engagement. Um, mm-hmm. it has been, yes
0: i dug my
1: tea into the side. whoa 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 um no 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 that song is for carrie underwood and carrie underwood only and you even got the lyrics wrong it's not i dug my tea it's i dug my
0: key oh gosh but now i'm craving sweet tea favorite beverage in the entire world another link to howdy hospitality i mean chick-fil-a makes a mean sweet tea mcdonald's wait, makes i mean sweet say, tea ma- did you say Arizona mcdonald's sweet tea yeah. Wait, 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 yeah
2: did you say mcdonald's i
0: did say mcdonald's
2: well oh, that's actually really funny because that goes into my desk in my uh topic of today my topic uh and my desk is something to talk about so uh we're talking about how youth uh, employees are not loving it at mcdonald's um <laughs> uh sorry that's just for me Um, But over uh, the article that I was interested in was uh, McDonald's franchises were uh, franchisee was fined for child labor law violations. Uh, Over the past year, we've seen a lot of violations regarding youth uh, employees of major food chains, McDonald's being no exception. Uh, This franchisee uh, violated child labor laws and found that more than 100 minors ages from 14 to 15 years old were involved. Uh, inst- this establishment was fined around $60,000 for, uh, for their negligence. But this isn't the only type of other big fast food companies that were hit with such, uh, such violations. Dunkin Donuts, Sonic, Dairy Queen, Chick-fil-A, Burger King are also uh components of this. So why is this becoming such a problem? Um is it because of COVID? Uh is it because of there's not many people in the labor market right now? Uh and so teens are starting, you know, to bring up uh, and take charge uh, into um into the uh labor force. Teens are leading the charge. Um And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, over 100,000 teens have entered the labor force since the pandemic, uh, the highest number since 2009. Uh, So how can some of these uh, big companies uh, fix these problems?
0: That's really interesting that you bring that up. And even our professor, Dr. Two's got his start at McDonald's. So I think it's like a full circle moment going on right here. But
1: man, I'm loving it. You're loving it. Lillian's loving it. it. (laughs) it. Anyway, so it is Lillian again. And other than Jacob singing and dancing, here's definitely something to watch out for.
2: Oh, it wasn't that bad.
1: No, but it was. Oh, it really was. Oh, (laughs) the Meadowlands View Hotel in New Jersey um, has an article written about it titled Don't be messing with union workers' rights. So the Meadowlands View Hotel accused the housekeeper of skipping key parts in her day-to-day job duties. This resulted in an unlawful firing that got, got the union involved. Meadowlands View Hotel also decided to drop their health insurance, leaving their employees without coverage for more than six months. The union's concerns were heard by the National Labor Relations. And then they ruled in favor of the union on all counts, and once the union got involved, the hotel was required to reinstate her her in her position. Put sweetly by the writer of my article, the lesson is clear. Don't be messing with the rights of union members.
0: Don't be messing with the rights of union members. This is in New Jersey. Don't uh-huh. be messing with people from New Jersey. Especially
2: their drivers.
3: Their drivers. Guys, guys, this is starting to feel a little personal with the Jersey slander. I mean, y'all don't
0: even pump your own gas. But aside the point, we're going to go ahead and end on a sweeter note. So here is something cool that I think y'all will really find interesting. So this is an article from Inc. Magazine by Tony Sherba, who's the CEO and founding partner of Yeti. So those cool coolers and tumbler comps. And this is all about how Um, Philanthropy and incorporating volunteer efforts into your employee performance um, is really beneficial. So he goes through 10 ways your organization benefits from volunteering. So first there's community connectivity, um, but I'm not going to go through all 10. So community connectivity, new skill development. So You'll often see people flourish as they uncover new skills through volunteering, team bonding, some networking going on, which is my favorite aspect of the hospitality industry in itself. It's a great way to get people connected um, through different organizations, through all these different things, enhancing your company's core value, um, helping recruit talent and retain employees, more work experience, and to have these new business opportunities. So the program that they started um, was called Yeti Gives, where they help two small nonprofits a year design an app 100% pro bono, meaning free. And through this program, um, they also offer larger nonprofits a discount on their services. So it's a great way to help kids in underprivileged communities, teaching them the basics of software design and development. So this came out during the holiday season, like last December. So it's sort of this whole giving montage and this whole pull at your heartstrings because it's Christmas. But this is definitely something that companies should watch out for. And that should be an all year round thing to be philanthropic and to be a volunteer um, because it just boosts morale. It boosts everything. But i think we all have had some fabulous ideas and definitely a lot to digest and think about so we'll be back in a few moments with our hot topics segment thank you so much for listening
4: i hear the train a coming it's rolling around a bend and i ain't seen the sunshine since i don't know where i'm stuck in
0: howdy everyone and welcome to our next segment hot topics with the Howdy Hospitality group. So just as a refresher, reenacting her role of Haley is myself. Haley, that's me. Moving on.
2: Uh, My name is Jacob. Welcome
3: back. I'm Lillian. And I'm Sarah.
0: And we are so excited to actually be inviting our special guests that we've been waiting this entire podcast to introduce. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
4: Thank you so much. Well, my name is Nick. I'm a year student on the Hotel Management School in Maastricht. I live in the Netherlands. Um, I already have quite some experience in hospitality, so it's a very nice topic to uh, discuss with each other. I cannot wait to start.
0: Wonderful, refreshing. We're so excited to have an international perspective on these HR topics that we're gonna go ahead and get into. So sort of four hot topics, we're gonna be talking about a hospitality, human resources management issue, And we're going to come at it from as many different angles as possible and try and dissect whether this is a problem and how we can find a solution. So our topic itself is justice impacted employees, which means people who have been previously incarcerated or have a relationship with the correctional um, sort of facility area. And so this is important because as future hospitality professionals, we are going to potentially be employing these people, we are going to be managing these people, um, and we are going to be stalwart citizens and be accepting as a society to these people. So we're going to discuss the stigma revolving around it, sort of the approaches that have been taken, um, and we're going to go into some of our own individual research on the topic and how in the world are we as 20, 22, 23-year-old people going to be understanding of this sensitive topic and be adults and try and figure out how to be hospitality professionals um, in this HR realm. So it's gonna be sort of a and A format. Um, we're gonna have some questions. We're gonna have some answers. We're gonna hopefully facilitate an open dialogue um, in a discussion format. So why don't we just go ahead and get started? Now we're going to hop into the meat and potatoes. So we are going to go through and discuss what we as individuals have brought through our research, through our understanding, through everything um, to try and approach this. So why don't I throw the reins over to Jacob and you can get us started.
2: Well, let me get on this horse. I uh, want to paint a picture for you guys. I want to uh, set the scene for you. You are a manager of a business and John, a 28-year-old male, uh, comes to your place of uh of employment uh, for an entry level position, he is dressed well, personable, articulate, eager to work, and he says that he is a fast learner. He seems to be perfect uh for the job uh, but here's the thing. Johnny has just been released from a medium security prison in Maryland. He was incarcerated for the first time for five years for selling crack cocaine. While in prison he uh, he earned his GED. And prior to his uh, incarceration, he worked for uh, one year at a McDonald's. He now lives with his parents in the city uh, in which your business is located. What do you do? Do you hire him or do you not? Uh, the article we uh, that I looked into has uh, has concerns of employers as their primary focus on on these things. Um, the factors include people skills, customer customers comfort co-workers comfort no training, time to adjust turnover and fear of victimization
0: that's really interesting you bring that up because we are going to be in these shoes of a manager one day um, and with Johnny, I would have to say it depends. I don't know Johnny as a person I don't know um I know that he has a GED and I know that he has been justice impacted and there's this whole dichotomy he's worked in a McDonald's that is hospitality. Um, So what are we going to do? But speaking of victimization, what if you were only known for the worst thing you've ever done? Guys, what what if you were known for only the worst thing you've ever done?
2: I mean, I think of that on my mind all the time,
0: all the time. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, I did this one thing wrong. People are going to remember. People are
0: going to remember it. It's scary. So that was the opening line of Shelly Winner's TED Talk. Now I'm a sociology minor, TED Talks are my jam. And she shared her personal story with the justice system and how reform was being made, but most previously incarcerated individuals get stuck in what she calls a loser's loop. Jail and prisons are meant to reform offenders so they are able to return to society and contribute meaningfully. And for most that means stability once they get out. That's a job. 95% of incarcerated people will get released, and that's a lot of people that will be in need of jobs. And as hospitality professionals, we could be providing those jobs, but society casts them off when they check a box that says that they were incarcerated. So there's this whole idea of implementing programs while in prison to help develop soft skills, to help develop technical and tangible skills that are like getting a GED, helpful in the job search. Post incarceration. So these justice impacted employees, some are getting resources that are beneficial, others are not. So there's this whole difference in what's going on,
3: yeah. um, Haley, I really like that you mentioned that like the inequalities in what they're um having access to because that does remind me of um what Jeffrey Abramowitz said when we spoke to him in class. Um, he was saying that he does not like the term second chance. Because many of these people never got a first, a good first chance to begin with. And I think that that just goes to show um, how people just really aren't getting the same opportunities. Um, So let me get into a bit about an article that I researched. Um, It may surprise you guys to know that many countries such as Canada and those within Europe, it can be really difficult to receive a cohesive background check. This is because these countries want to give justice impacts and employees a fair chance rather than emphasizing transparency for the employers. So the articles entitled um, Employing the Formerly Incarcerated, I was able to learn that this is why the term spent was coined. Spent refers to convictions that the person served their sentence. So once the conviction is considered spent, an employer cannot ask any further questions regarding it. And any further information is totally at the discretion of the employee, which is really cool.
4: Wow, that's very interesting, actually. I think it's fair as well to the uh, just as impacted individual as well. So it's a very nice uh, article. Very interesting. Uh, I had a very, um, I'm very interested in. In the hospitality industry i found an article about the hospitality industry itself it's one of the largest employers in the world and hiring just as impacted individuals can help to fill critical labor uh, shortages in this sector according to the bureau of labor statistics the hospitality industry is projected to grow significantly in the coming years and businesses in the sector will need to recruit and retain a diverse range of employees to meet this demand How can hiring justice-impacted individuals help to address the critical labor shortages in the hospitality industry?
1: I think that's really fascinating that justice-impacted workers can fill the gap in the labor market, which would make phenomenal strides in both justice reform and job placement after COVID-19. My article discusses the four best practices for second-chance hiring. Grayston Bakery in New York talks about these four practices – Which are making second chance hiring part of your corporate culture, providing training and work support, establishing different mentoring programs, and defaulting to transparency by keeping employee details confidential. 82% of hiring managers in companies that do employ justice impacted candidates said the quality of those justice impacted candidates is as good as, if not better, than someone without a criminal record.
3: Okay, so I guess now the next thing to talk about would be. How are we going to combat um, this overall issue as managers within um, the hospitality and frankly any industry? Um, so my biggest um takeaway, I guess, was mainly people just need to do their own research on how justice impacted employees um impact the workplace in order to gain a better understanding of these individuals and where exactly they're coming from. Um, and the second best practice that I could think of. Would be just trusting the trusting the system currently in place, such as parole programs, where second chance employees are already being closely monitored by the government. Um, so you know they're already being tested in all of these different aspects. You know, and maybe within just trying to create a little more structure by getting a job, like I believe Haley mentioned before, we just we need to um, we need to trust those systems that are currently in place.
1: There, talking about your article really sparked this idea related to my article. By skipping on the background checks and not requiring references, you end up getting some of the best employees, including a mentor program, immediate benefits, and the opportunity to be part of the union is truly saving and helping some of these justice-impacted employees.
4: All right. That sounds actually very interesting. Well, about the justice-impacted individuals, they often struggle to find employment leading to a high turnover rate when they do find work. By providing stable employment opportunities, employers can reduce turnover rates and retain skilled and dedicated employees. These employees may be highly motivated and committed to their work, which can lead to higher productivity and better customer service. Additionally, the loyalty and commitment of justice-impacted employees can lead to Lower turnover rates, which can save businesses money in recruiting and training costs. Another potential solution is to provide training and support for justice impacted employees to help them succeed in their roles. This may include mentoring, job coaching, or access to educational and training programs that can help employees develop new skills and advance their careers. By providing these types of support, businesses in the hospitality industry can help to set justice impacted employees up for success and increase their chances of long-term employment and career growth.
3: Yeah, Nick, I think it's cool how like, you know, basically we're both talking about education, but you're talking about education in terms of the employees, I'm talking about education in terms of the employers and it just shows how, you know, no matter where you are, um, you need to be educated on on where these people are coming from and how to um, most efficiently incorporate them into your place of business, both for them, but also from a financial standpoint, in terms of um, retention and turnover.
4: Absolutely, I think there are a lot of uh, possibilities to uh, to yeah help the business and, of course, the the individuals themselves.
2: I think you both bring up uh, good points. My article also says the same thing as far as. Both the justice impacted employees, but also on the employer side as well, uh, in, in the fact of social contact, uh, which is a crucial part of success when employees uh, come out into the work, uh, into the labor force. Uh, if justice impacted employees get a chance to work in groups and participate in programs to help them gather the skills uh, that will make them more successful. Uh, in their jobs, it will be beneficial not only for the employee, but also for the employer as well.
0: Boy, is it rough to go last. All of these great ideas and all of these um, different managerial solutions and approaches that we all want to take. But I'm referring back to what another industry professional, Robin Hamm, said from Mod Pizza when she was in our call with us. Um, This whole sociological perspective of understanding that interviews kind of matter more than what is on a resume or that box that's checked that says that the justice impacted employee was previously incarcerated. But similar to Nick, this whole idea of providing access to training or mentoring programs, and that's what Shelly Winner said in her TED Talk, that these are things that we can provide in prisons and as employers put resources towards to help benefit, um, these people that are taking up so much of the current job market and being able to fill those gaps that Nick was mentioning earlier in his article. So this whole empathetic perspective in that things happen, it's not gonna define you. We're trying to, as a society, move forward and make these great strides. So with that being said, I think we can move into sort of a lightning round of how how are we gonna leave this conversation any different than how we started. So five words, your last sentence. What are we doing? Lillian?
1: Make second chance hiring part of your corporate culture. That is beautiful. Okay,
0: Jacob?
2: Uh, justice impacted employees, are employees, and humans.
3: How about you, Sarah? Educate those involved in the um, second chance hiring.
4: Nick? Uh, innovative opportunities to social impact
0: i'm gonna wrap it up with saying we need to practice radical empathy and Mm. encourage collaboration no matter who the person is okay well we have come to the conclusion we have reached the final step i want to give a huge thank you to everyone in this group sarah lillian jacob but especially thank you nick for being with us and bringing that international perspective And we are just so thankful to have gone through this experiment experience and that you have provided so much valuable insight. So thank you.
4: Thank you guys as well. It was a huge pleasure to work with you. Sometimes it was a bit challenging as well to keep up with you guys because you're all talking really, really fast, but it was, uh, it was very nice. And I have to listen to it again one more time because there was so much uh, good information. So thank you guys very, very much as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And we'll thank you to our listeners. But Nick, you can't get off the hook so fast in order to be an official member of Howdy Hospitality. We do have to hear a yeehaw.
4: Yeehaw.
0: Wonderful. Woo. And with that, we are Howdy, Howdy, Howdy Hospitality.
4: hospitality.
0: Woo. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day.
4: I hear the train is coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom prison, and time keeps dragging on.